Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 201, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Tuesday, September 7th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I drank some dew today to see (laughs) if I still feel salt shaker of cocaine. The only thing that's trill. The needle tears a hole. The old familiar sting. Try to kill COVID away. Now my cum's not worth anything. <laughs> that is courtesy of Lex Lugie. Uh, a little reference what to... Have I <laughs> and, you know, what is with my cum? What is with this shit, man? <laughs> my, the, the market has collapsed. So... Uh, anyways, uh, that, that's a reference to the conspiracy theory that if you get the vaccine, your cum won't be worth as much as if you don't. Yeah, hey. the new crypto, new crypto, unvaccinated. Come, uh, I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Her name is Hosnie, the producer. She the ruler. You want these hands? She'll give them to you. Oh, Jack, he's the boss. Baja Blast on top. He's getting great views on his Havana TikTok. Miles Gray make the funny see. Miles Gray gets the 420. Biking, here I go, eating like I know, drip on my shoes and my back, and I'm a Virgo. Cause we are the TDZ. Okay, that's the Aqua Teen Hunger Force theme song, wow. but all that. No, shout out to Hank Scipio, who came in real quick after the trending yeah. episode. He said, Oh, you want to talk about Aqua Teen? How about a yeah, whole yeah. fucking AKA? So love that one. And also, was... shout out to Schooly D, who's the original artist behind that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Miles, we mm. are thrilled to be joined by a very funny comedian and writer. Who has written for Good Mythical Morning, Cracked, Reductress, and on uh, season three of Brockmire. In 2020, she created the show Comedy Quarantine, which ran over 200 shows in 10 months and raised $20,000 for mutual aid and was voted social distance comedy show uh, number one (laughs) by Time Out LA. Uh, She co-wrote the short film I Think She Likes You, which played at Tribeca Film Festival. She hosts the great podcast You Can Tell Me Anything, released her debut album We're Still Doing This in April, recorded live on Zoom. She's just one of our favorite guests on TDZ, one of your favorite guests. Please welcome the brilliant and talented Teresa Lee! Oh my gosh, that was mortifying, um, you reading (laughs) my website, but I do have an AKA, so... All right, bring it. Here we go, okay? All right, it's Teresa Lee, AKA, in mid-Philadelphia since Tuesday in the hotel. I potted most of my stay, filling out emails, no time for the pool, keeping my mask on because those are the rules, when a couple of texts told me there's a flash flood started by a tornado in the tri-state neighborhood. This Texas abortion law got me feeling all scared. I'm tired of feeling like my government is way beyond repair. Oh, hey. whoa. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well done. Also, well done. don't don't do the don't be so uh, you know humble that you can't handle people bigging up your accomplishments. You know what I mean? Just reading you can own those. word for word my website. I didn't read that off your website. I didn't read that off your website. That's just word on. I just asked some people. I asked who is Teresa Lee, okay. and that's yeah. what I got from them. So it was just I mean, head out the window. He said, "Hey, that's hey, just hey, com- you, you. <laughs> that's just common knowledge." All right, all right. Thank you so much, Jack. Picking yeah, you up. Yeah, yeah. Welcome, up. welcome. Yeah. How how is Philly, Philadelphia? Uh, did you see any tornadoes while you were there? Did you look out the window? We did. Well, this is a. I, I'm traveling with my dog and my boyfriend, and I I was supposed to do the punchline on Wednesday night, mm-hmm. and and a, and then like a random bar show, and like we got these warnings on my phone that or all of our phones were like flash flood, tornado, all this, and I was like, hey, maybe we should head out soon. And he just gave me the weirdest look, like, uh, did you see the warnings? Like, it's probably going to be, like, I don't think people are going out at all. And I was like, oh, this is when you realize comedy is a disease. Because at no point was I like, oh, maybe I should cancel. It was like, oh, since they didn't cancel, I better get going. And he was like, I thought the plan was everyone stay inside. We got to beat that tornado traffic, dude. We got to get out there. (laughs) We did. The show, the punchline show did get canceled. I did end up going to the bar show to like, because my friend, actually Blake, who's been on the show, Blake Wexler, very funny. 
yeah, ran yeah. that show. We did walk through a, quite a bit of rain. It was fine. Everyone's safe. But I did realize like, this is not worth it. What are we doing, you know, right. with our lives? Yeah, um, yeah. But fortunately, it did not get lost in the tornado. Okay, yeah. good, good. Well, we are happy to have you here safe and sound in the indoors. We are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. We're talking about something called functional disorders that may be behind the TikTok tick that people are coming down with, as well as Havana syndrome. We're going to just ask the question, what can we do for women in Texas? We'll talk about the new trailer for the movie Moonfall. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Hell yeah. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) All of that, plenty more. But first, Teresa, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? Well, okay, this is going to be for, you know, people who know me, I say confusing things every time I come. So I'm maybe I don't even have to explain this, but is the Umbolic Accord the Tower of Babel? Yeah, no, that's self-explanatory. Wow. Um, I okay. <laughs> well, okay. well the, I won't get too into it. As you know, I like to fall asleep to edibles. But um, <laughs> this became a very clear thought in my mind, and I thought, surely this must be like I'll Google it, and it'll be you know at the very least a QAnon something, you know. But it's not. It's not like common knowledge, but it just feels like it makes sense to me because you're born speaking. Okay, to be honest, don't judge me, but I started doing this thing, not on purpose, but I like in half a sleep state, like I go into baby talk. I don't like it. Okay. (laughs) I've Mm. never been a fan of adults who do baby talk, but it's like when I'm almost like half asleep, you know, when you're like almost drunk because you're so sleepy, you're like, "Ah." I started talking like a baby and I was like, I wonder if babies, when they're born, they speak the universal language. And then we start learning so much that we change what we know. And that's, why we think about the Tower of Babel being this like tower that gets knocked down. But actually, when you're a baby, you're connected and then it gets cut and then you're like cut away from the source. So that's where that came from. I was trying to like explain uh, to myself and feel better that I wasn't like deteriorating into Benjamin Button. But um, <laughs> uh, alas, I, I think that might just be one of those weird, unhinged Teresa thoughts because I didn't really see a community of believers out there. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) you're like Googling like somebody else has thought this, right? I feel like the symbology is, I mean, like, and the Noah's Ark, the water breaking. I mean, come on. It's all hell yeah. But the but the Babel's post flood civilization. Yeah, true. But after you're if I'm going to get biblical here, (laughs) after you're out of the womb, the cord gets cut. Right, right. right. And so that was that was the post flood world trying to get to to God by building the, the. Yeah. I'm just so you can't to... go back into you can't go back up your mom's vagina. You got to keep living. Dangerous <laughs> quote. Um, <laughs> yes, I I think this is something very interesting, and it, I I love this kind of thinking where you're really taken to the point where you're like, nah, like there there could be like this universal thing that we were all in touch with, but then the second we enter the physical outside of the womb world, that mm-hmm. that's the confounding moment where God confuses us. scatters us across the world that's i will say as weird as that sounds if you look up pictures of astronauts floating in space they Mm -hmm. do look like they got that little cord yeah 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 i like how you're doing you're basically doing a landscape check that someone does before they start a cult you know you're (laughs) like all right anybody else oh nobody's fucking with okay i got this one then come one come (laughs) all to my new uh babylography I call, yeah, I call this cult, uh, except this one is all about building people up and there's no Ponzi scheme, which is going to fail. It's a failed cult. Yeah, yeah. You got to have a Ponzi scheme. (laughs) Come on, come on, Teresa. Guys would rather spend their entire life becoming an astronaut and float in space than fix their relationship with their mothers. Am I right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've said it before. Am I right, ladies? But we're just all little sperms trying to go to space, you know? It's like, just wait. It'll happen. Don't be the one that... Don't pre-ejaculate Earth, you know? You don't need to be the pre-cum of Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Bezos. um, (laughs) Jeff Bezos. Who actually looks like a sperm. (laughs) Jeff Bezos is the pre-cum of Earth. Yeah. Yeah. I can just Mm -hmm. see you now, people laying flowers at your feet, and you're just sitting there, like, in a big throne, like, not speaking. (laughs) And then, like... Above you is a banner that says, don't be the pre-cum of Earth. Yep. And they're like, yeah, yeah. That's, true. that's honestly wise words. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like this vision you have, Miles. You said it, not me. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. And I'll be like, uh, what was the other woman who was really running homeboy shit in 
Wild Wild Country. Oh, remember oh, there was the woman yeah, behind yeah. the scenes that was really right. pulling stunts, and that yeah. could be our relationship too. Just, yeah, we'll talk off air. Sheila, oh, thank Sheila. you, super yeah. producer. I know, me. I know you remember that because I was like, we we're like, she's the goat. Yeah, and then the <laughs> other guy just got to be a junkie and like chill and be high the whole time. So. Yeah. Who really won that? Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe we should switch that. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Let, let I'm me... going to go on record and say I'm anti-cold. I'm, I, you know, because these days everything's taken. I'm anti-cold yeah, and I'm definitely pro non-cold. Okay. Any way you want to spin that. But I am Speak pro give yourself. me money. I'm pro give me money and think for yourself. So I'm pro. pro yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pro cult money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. If on your own you want to give me money and follow everything I say, that's on you. Yeah, <laughs> Not me. It's called a Patreon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Babies apparently cry in different languages, and I don't know if it's like the second they come out or if it's like an adaptive behavior, but like acoustic mm. analysis of baby cries find that uh, newborns whose mothers speak tonal languages such as Mandarin tend to produce more complex cry melodies. Uh, Swedish newborns that have pitch accent have more sing-songy cries, and then American cries are just you know, flat and metallic. Fried, and, yeah. you're fried in yeah. Yeah. McDonald's uh, grease. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's akin to Rob Zombie's Dragula. <laughs> that makes me feel good because, like, I want to be like, I'm not like most babies. I'm complex. I cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Complex yeah. tones. Of Miss course. me with that sing songy cry. Yeah. <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? You know, I don't have one today. I thought about this and I'm on this, like, new, not new, but lately I've been like, trying to just like re-challenge the binary in my head like things aren't good or bad black or white which we know but i really actually often do have things i'm like that's overrated and this time i couldn't think of one so i was like nothing everything is rated like some things i don't like but in my head they're not overrated they're just like rated poorly and that's right right so i got none today i'm happy with maybe overrated for me in a weird meta way is just like needing to find the bad in anything um sure some things are just fine wow i think yeah so just dunk on the whole show no. no, um, no. I think that I'm on a different, you know, maybe I'm speaking a different language. I might just be on a higher plane than y'all. And that's fine for you. You know, no, and I'm no. not judging y'all. <laughs> no, I like that. Miles I think I was... twisting my words. Look, that's uh, how I start my cult. You know, that's how I, that's how I get them. What, uh, what's something you think is underrated? Okay, here's where I'm going to lose the audience because I don't think they're <laughs> because I okay because I've been so avidly for so long against crowdfunding. I just started a crowdfunding campaign, and I was so ex- like ready to just hate it and like be biting my teeth through the whole thing that I like did everything I could to prepare myself. Like almost like I'm you know preparing for like a colposcopy or something. I'm like it's gonna suck, but I have to do it. But it started this week, and it's been a really positive experience. So I feel bad for all the times I just judged people for doing it. For crowdfunding? Yeah, I'm crowdfunding my short film that I'm directing. And I talked to friends who've done like successful campaigns and asked them, like, tell me the truth. Like, what's the shittiest part? And most of them were like, it really is just getting over your shame. And I'm like, all right, we'll get over the shame. And then the part that I didn't realize that was great is being able to build your audience before the film is out. So I'm already building like followers who liked my stuff. Uh, Whereas... With my last tour, we I really was like, keep it under wraps until it's in a festival, then announce it. And that seemed cool at the time. But then we were like, oh, scrambling to, you know, figure out how to get people to come see it and get it out there. And there's, I don't know, I think that my pride, uh, I had to just squash it. And now I realize the benefits of crowdfunding aren't just to get it funded, but it's to find community and like actually create an audience together. So I don't know. I like it. <laughs> So far, cool. we'll see if I actually make my goal. I might be crying in four weeks. You'll Did be you? fine. We, we're gonna we'll we'll put the information so we can all <laughs> contribute. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Thank you. That is why I'm here. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> but kind of. <laughs> yeah, every story we talk about after this, you might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's that the thing about crowdfunding. Short film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you put your put the script out there? What? How much are you giving to people versus like holding withholding? Because I'd imagine that's mm. like a a balance, right? Yeah, so I did take a look at other people's campaigns and went through it's I do doing it through Seed and Spark and they do a really good job of um 
like they have a very inclusive filmmaking community and they also have like these like online videos, which at first I was like, I don't want to watch it. But then I did and they're great and they give you tips on like best practices. So I didn't I didn't put the script out, but I kind of explained the story pretty much through. It's not like there's a huge twist or anything, but right, right. I, I figured, you know, a lot of people are going to still watch it for the first time. And then the people who want to be a part of making it, I think they should know what it is. But yeah, I mean, it's a comedy and it has comedians in it. So I think people know the the actors like Vanessa Gonzalez, Megan Gailey. There's a ton of great people in it. So oh, hey. I think, yeah, so people see it and they know who they are and they know me. So right. I think they're supporting like us, but yeah. sure. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Getting over that shame, though. Woo. Yeah. Can't tell you how much yeah. my therapy goes into that shit, especially, you know, <laughs> it's different. It's all uh, many cultures have their version, but Asian shame is like a whole other shit. I've had to like really navigate to be able to sort of <laughs> liberate myself yeah. emotionally from things Ugh. that I was putting in my own head from growing up in a very shame based culture. But yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear you overcame that in order to like really embrace something that's for you and something that's going to enrich your life. Yeah, Thank yeah. Thank you. All right, we'll look in the show notes for a link Short to uh, information about Teresa's short film and how you can uh, get involved with helping her make it. We are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Um, and Miles, you uh, brought this article and vice to my attention about Had to. people who are developing. Yeah, it's sociogenic, also called functional disorders. I've called them psychogenic before because, you know, that's what they're referred to in some places because the cause tends to be located in the brain. But it's it's basically people who are developing tics based on who they follow on TikTok, who and like people they follow on TikTok having tics and like that. The article ta- also talks about people who can read an article about someone with MS and then start developing the symptoms of MS. So like similar kind of cognitive basis for physical illnesses. And yeah. The, this hit at the same time that like I this is starting to become taken more seriously uh, in the Havana syndrome conversation. So, yeah. And the, the whole thing with this, like they said, like Jen's, there's a lot of young people between like 12 and 25 that have developed like physical tics. And a lot of these kids may were possibly convinced that they had Tourette's or something like that. But when they would go to doctors who specialize in it, they're like, this technically isn't Tourette's. It is a physical tick, but this wouldn't essentially be Tourette's because that would develop at a much uh, earlier age for someone. And these these specialists who, like, as they say, their their whole thing is about Tourette's. They've said that they've seen referrals for these kind of like rapid onset of like physical ticks. It used to just be around one to five percent of their total cases before the pandemic. It's now 20 to 35 percent of their cases now. And right. they they the researchers, they quote, describe a quote, parallel pandemic of young people aged 12 to 25, almost exclusively girls and women presenting with the rapid onset of complex motor and vocal tick like behaviors. There have been striking commonalities in the phenomenology of these tick like behaviors observed across our centers in Canada, the United States, the UK, Germany and Australia. Curiously, the researchers state that for the patients they studied, in addition to experiencing pandemic related stressors, all endorsed exposure to influencers on social media, mainly TikTok with tics or Tourette's syndrome. So right. it's like this weird thing where there, you know, a lot of people who develop these tics are saying, you know, people don't believe them or people with Tourette's are like, that's not Tourette's, like you're faking this shit and it's like ca- causing a lot of distress and things like that. But these experts are really finding this thing of like, the, the isolation and just general stress for certain people has created this environment in which they're now sort of hmm. like like the 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 content that they've been exposed to on TikTok is feeding into that now. I didn't know there was a t- like TikTok, but, but this, the interesting thing about that is it, I feel like there is some sort of subconscious survival mechanism there, even though it doesn't make sense to us because it sounds like ticks would be quote unquote negative in our sense. But if you're watching what you consider like an influencer or socially, you know, a higher up than you or someone you admire, 
and you're a teenage girl, like one of the most important things at that time for survival is to feel accepted. So I could totally draw the line. I mean, I'm not a scientist, this could be wrong. But my first thought is, subconsciously, your body wants to like adapt and fit in. So it would pick that up. Because I remember when we were in high school, people were saying, speaking like Valley girls, there was a girl who faked her voice all through high school. Just like she it wasn't her real voice, but she would just fake it. And she would never go break character. But when she was younger, it wasn't like that. Um, right. It was just to sound like a little more like a girly girl. Like that yeah. was the whole thing. And it's it's wild because it's, you know, they've tried to figure out from every level, like, is it really this? But they keep going back to the thing that they said, in some cases, the patient specifically identified an association between these media exposures and the onset of their symptoms. Mm. Yeah. So it's just this, this converse, this, I don't know, this back and forth between the psychological, emotional and physical that are all kind of manifesting into this other, you know, they say like in a, like a mini pandemic within the pandemic. Yeah, I guess I'm curious if it's dangerous. I mean, I understand anything unknown is scary and we want especially if it's spreading that fast. But and like definitely something about this is unsettling. But I'm curious why they've like named it an epidemic like is my understanding that there are a lot of ticks that are harmless. That yeah, might just be so- annoying. Right. Or not and annoying, some people, but like, yeah. Right. And some people report ones that are way more violent and like oh. they will hit themselves or they're, oh, okay. you know, and it, and it could be something from just some people were just saying beans a lot. Uh, other uh-huh. people would just like, you know, have other things like like scrunching their nose or other sort of physical tics. But it ran the entire spectrum of these uh-huh. sort of uh, involuntary movements. So this uh, Havana syndrome article that kind of approaches it from this perspective speaks with a lot of people who are experts on what they call functional disorders. And they're they say that it's like not like to to approach it as like, okay, so this is expressing like some subconscious need or is kind of counterproductive because it's really like more about approaching it from the neurological perspective Mm -hmm. and they like tell the story of this guy who just like suddenly started having really bad uh, lower back pain and fever and chills and then like went to the hospital and like they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him and he like couldn't for a year and a half like nobody knew what was wrong with him it was uh like he, he couldn't walk anymore and then this expert was just like no it's not like, it's not a thing. It The doctors eventually were like, it's psychogenic. It's starting in your brain. Mm-hmm. And he was like, fuck you, because that's <laughs> like there's a, a stigma to it. And it sounds like, oh, you're making it up. And that's right. not yeah. what's happening. What's happening. It is something that is happening to you. Yeah. You're you have no control over it. The brain is this massive, massive, like more massive than we can possibly comprehend a machine with like so so much happening and we only have like a access to like a small little pinhole of consciousness mm. and so you're not choosing anything this is something that's happening to you and that that seems like basically the scientific consensus at this point even though like the way that the new yorker and some other new york times articles have covered it has been like well these doctors think it's this brain injury caused by microwaves like anybody who's an expert like says like it's impossible what you're talking about is physically impossible the sound waves thing people are still calling it ultrasound they point out that like when we use ultrasound on like a pregnant woman's belly like that gel is there because Mm -hmm. if there's a single little pocket of air in between like the ultrasound and uh, the thing it's trying to reach, it'll completely destroy it. Like you can't, ultrasound can't travel through air. Sound can't travel through air in an effective way. Microwaves, same deal. Like you would basically feel like you are being cooked in a microwave oven, not like you are have are having a very specific targeted thing in your brain. The other thing they point to is that with these functional disorders, like the symptoms usually last longer than a physical hmm. injury because right. what what's happening is it's like getting locked into because of like stress and fear and like social conditions it's getting locked into like neurological pathways and then 
you can't get out of them because it's not actually a physical thing that you're recovering from. So like with regards to Havana, they said one of the reasons that they can tell that it's a functional disorder is that the people like if all these people had just been like hit on the head with something very heavy, like that's not what happened. But like they they were saying they like had brain trauma. If everybody had had suffered brain Mm -hmm. trauma at the time that they felt like they had been attacked, they would have healed within weeks. But instead, they're still experiencing these symptoms like years later. And so they're like, that is a text, a textbook sign that this is a functional disorder. It's just wild that they, because even as you're saying that, like there's phrases like, oh, it's in your head, right? Which we come to know as like, you're making it up. But Mm -hmm. then when you said it in a scientific way, like it's something happening in the brain, we're like, yeah, that's a physical part of your body. It's actually a pretty important part of your body. Something, it also does other things, right? Like regulate your blood flow or whatever like it does other things that we're not like can't believe you lifted your arm it's all in your head it's like yeah no my my brain told me to lift my arm so that i can answer this question why is that different from like it's hurting my back except in this case i don't know why like just because it came from my brain doesn't mean i'm all asshole who's doing this to waste your time doctor you know med bills are expensive so I find that like is such a strange cognitive dissonance of our healthcare system. I think people get so scared to be like seen as like hokey or like veering into like any alternative medicine that we forget that there are a lot of old like old ways, ancient medicine, ancient learnings that aren't perfect, but neither are Western medicines. And like if we just take that line away and just look at more truth, we can bridge the gap and figure out more things. Yeah. Yeah. Or in this case, just being able to not revert to like this very rigid way of diagnosing things like where, you you know, like really and to your point of being open to things like, yeah, this if they're saying it, it's we should also know that it's very quite possible that they're experiencing something that is not known to me because I might not have an area of expertise in this place, but take this person's word for it rather than saying like, ah, yeah, whatever, you're just you're fucking tripping. Yeah. There's a lot more research now about like what like EMDR and all that stuff about how you can actually reproce- reprocess those patterns that don't get stored correctly. And it's a little different than this, but it sounds similar when you said it, there's like a path kind of that gets glitchy and you repeat a glitch over and over. It, it's very yeah, similar it's to addiction. Me. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Addiction therapy is like very similar, but. So this guy, Jason Lindsley, who now is like openly like I suffered from this thing called a functional movement disorder for a year and a half. The The way that he treated it was he met with this guy who's an expert or actually it's a woman in Louisville, Kentucky, who's an expert who basically just did these like got him to be on board with it. It's like, no, it's not. It's not a mental thing. It's a neurological like brain thing that like you have no control over. They like put him through these therapies that were just about like motor retraining designed to overcome his resistance to normal movements. Physical therapists began by asking him to take minuscule movements of his feet. Mm. And he spent part of each day undergoing cognitive behavioral therapy And like a week later, he walked out of the clinic like nothing had ever been wrong with him. And so it's yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's what what it was. It was a functional disorder. That doesn't mean like I had something wrong with me. Right. It's just that's a thing that happens. I do think it's interesting that we're seeing more and more of these functional disorders at a time when we're having more and more, you know, Teresa, like you were saying, like kind of having to sublimate and like deal with stress and like use cognitive dissonance just to get through our day to day lives, like just having to deal with the fact that we live on a planet that is like dying and nobody's doing anything about it. And, you know, it just seems like there's more internal stress that we're not able to address or even express. Mm-hmm in our day-to-day lives than ever before. So it, it kind of makes sense to me that we would be having these things like kind of coming out of our unconscious and attacking our, our body more than we have in the past. Well, and the age is interesting too, because like, I think I'm just beyond that age where even though I can be internet savvy, most of my development years were spent in the real world. Like, you know, the screens and apps weren't as big. Whereas with the pandemic plus the internet age, Gen Z, 
I think virtually in their brain don't uh, distinguish an interaction online versus in real life. Like they can tell you it is. It's not like they're like, I can't tell. But in terms of like, if someone confesses their love, if someone bullies them, I think that in their brain, it has that semi-effect. They're hitting the same spot. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Whereas for me, it might be different because I remember, you know, wanting to go to the school dances and getting and flirting in person. I've had my share of flirting online, but it's a little bit different because I was older. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have, (laughs) it's not like the, that like first introduction to those sensations. So I feel like that must be a part of it too, because they're online and they're developing by watching. Whereas we can just scroll past thinking, oh, it's just like a character on a screen. Sure. I mean, it's just, yeah, but there, I mean, we, I mean, I was definitely like, I modeled shit off of TV when I was younger. So it, there yeah, may the be Jim just Carrey different face? versions. I was going around everywhere going yeah. like, somebody, somebody stop, stop me. me. I know, yeah, yeah. I know. We saw, yeah. We've seen the tattoo. But the whole thing with this. My whole like, green mask tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're like, yo, get that laser off or what? Miles still enters every room like Kramer, kicks in the door and slides. Out. Yeah. Whoa. When I say, hey, what's up, Jerry? And they're like, what's up, Jerry? Huh? <laughs> Nothing. Anyway. Uh, no, but this. It. Yeah, th- these differences are, I think we're starting to see, right? Like we're in an age where there are people who have been interacting with screens and apps that are designed to manipulate your brain. And then you're adding these isol, like the isolation of a pandemic, plus like the lack of social contact and additional stress and things like that. It's, I can only imagine like that. This is probably some, we're seeing an experiment basically play out on some level of trying to understand like how all of these things may interact at a certain age. But yeah, it's, it's, but I mean, it's, it's so the Havana syndrome thing's happening to like grown adult bureaucrats, Mm -hmm. like kind of the opposite end of the spectrum from young teenage people who are on TikTok. But it's still, I, 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 I always want to like kind of, resist the urge to blame technology even though i know there's like a lot of new shit happening like i i do think that just across the board everybody's under more stress than they've ever ever been under and it's like stress that nobody's acknowledging kind of is is my right. you guys gotta shake it out okay look i know it sounds silly, on your head I- I, I I used to just like d- d- when I get sad I would just start like shaking my butt and I thought that was funny but over the pandemic I started realizing that this isn't just a weird thing I do I think it's like a smart thing I do I think it's like the stress needs to come out some way so yeah. shake your butt at home guys shake do it safe shake your butt to yourself okay don't flash anybody that doesn't want to be flash what do you mean? when you shake your butt are you like half are you trying? Like, what do you mean? Are you just like going like this? Like, you're wiggling and trying to shake your butt? Are you doing a dance? Like, what? I wish my computer wasn't slow because I kn- I could hear you were shaking, but I could not see it. I could just yeah, see yeah. you frozen. Right. <laughs> it's like since I was a kid. I know it sounds ridiculous that as an adult woman. I'm like I'm shaking my butt, but like babies literally will like shake their butt like that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and then I've grown up to actually dance and twerk and whatever. So yeah, I'll put on music I like and like actually start to move around and feel myself, you know, like right, oh, right. this is a fun move, whatever. Yeah. But I I'll do that sometimes for like ten minutes while I'm cooking and just uh. It seems silly, but during pandemic, when I was like the most isolated, it was almost like a daily thing. It just, I just get the urge to do it. And I think it was literally my body being like, time to get all the news of today out through your butt. Right. Like, yeah. just shit it out, you know, <laughs> get the news energetically. Out through your yeah. Butt. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, there's shit. your cult. Yo, <laughs> there's, your cult. Yeah. there's your cult, though. You get yeah. people shaking their butts and like, you know, you but you get give them like information. Right. They process information, <laughs> but then process that through butt wiggling. But uh, OK, I could go for that. that we're yeah. getting closer to a call I might yeah. actually take on. So, yeah, you know, I hey, can do that. Brick by brick, we're going to build this thing. But At first, when you said cheek, like, cheek when cheek. you feel cheek sad, you shake your butt. I was just picturing someone like crying while like just yeah. sadly shaking that's not too far really off jack let's talk about texas the you know after the supreme court basically made it official that they're planning to overturn roe and decided to allow this like vigilante law to go forward. I've been surprised by the lack of just urgency uh, on the part of like, it's not it keeps getting knocked out of the off the like top of news sites and the 
you know, eventually like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, like used the word abortion in their tweet. But at first they were like, this is, you know, using very vague language. And it, rem- it reminded me of that thing, that anecdote I always come back to where the guys from Crooked Media talked about how when they evaluate candidates for political office, the first thing they do is check the person's phone and add up the amount of money in their contact list because it's all about fundraising. And this gives them something to fundraise on. Like the, mm-hmm. the Democrats know that this is a salient issue where they have the majority on their side. And rather than being like, OK, it's fucking code red. Let's like figure out how to solve this problem immediately. So an entire state that is massive, that takes like fucking days to drive across, has not like functionally made abortion illegal. And instead, they I've read like headlines even that are like Democrats are like, you know, reeling and yet like feel like they have a winner for the midterms, basically. And mm-hmm. it's just like, fuck that. Like that it's is all just business for them. Right. It's all just, yeah. you know, getting getting to hold on to power. And like we I don't know. It, like why why be in power if you're not going to fucking do anything when the people who vote for you are directly attacked yeah i think they want to keep us scared right yeah, and there, there's also just a, like again there's just a, a whole group of politicians who are not there to actually do anything that helps people they just were like i want to win an election and i want right. to go and i want to be in congress and then from there I'll just figure out like which packs and lobbyists I can co- like cozy up with to keep me from having to fundraise on the road because they'll bundle up a bunch of donations for me to mm. keep me in office and I can just be the most semi-powerful person in my region of the country. And you can tell because it's just all the Joe Biden said that law. He said the bill is, quote, almost un-American. He said almost. He's very, he's very much like, even after the insurrection, what did he say? Like, that's not us. I'm like, no, that literally is us. Like, you can't, Uh, you have to like, you, it is you. I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not, I don't like it either. But you can't just be like, yeah, I'm just going to pick and choose the things I want to represent. And that's what I don't. And we have all of these pressing fucking problems. And yet you go on fucking ABC News right now. You got to scroll way down before the word abortion shows up. You right. got to scroll uh, other websites. They're talking about, you know, granted, there's a natural disaster happening. That's fine. But there's also this is a huge issue that's affecting many people in the country and putting a lot of people at risk. And the potential for that to multiply across many states is a very real thing. But it's just easier to be like, oh, man, the weather's bad and not tying it to climate change and not tying it to, to how the administration is like not really doing much in that regard either. or you know, maybe you can run more headlines about how the, the U.S. spent $21 trillion after 9-11, you know, fighting whatever this war on terrorism was. And and think of all of the outcomes that could have occurred for other people had maybe if a fraction of that been invested. Because we have people like Joe Manchin who are shitting the bed over three and a half trillion dollars when the, the plan is to have that paid for with taxes and to provide people with things like, you know, paid child care, two years of community college, things that are trying to address really big issues. And, you know, we're just, I don't know, like, I don't know if the media, the, uh, clearly the media is not built to create the outrage that's necessary, but there needs to be a lot more people getting involved in so many things now, because it's clear that we can't rely on these fucking people in DC can't to rely do it on the government. they're on their own yeah. pace, that their own pace. Yeah. Th- yeah. I think you said what you said about them just focusing on winning, like really speaks to me because it's like, the idea, I mean, people used to be like, you're not present or like, you ha- does not be anxious. You have to learn how to be present. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. That's some like Eckhart Tolle shit. But I do think it applies here because if you spend your entire, you know, campaign trying to get elected, that's your goal. And then you get elected and then you spend the whole time trying not to lose your seat. You never spend any time just being a leader. And really to get elected, you should spend all of your time in your campaign already being leader right and that's how you get elected instead of trying to get elected and then once you're there you should just continue being a leader and but instead we have all these people who are just like for maybe one second their acceptance speech that's when they like are the most in the moment and actually get to be like i will do what i say and then immediately they're like now i cannot lose so now i must focus 
on not losing. On not like, saying anything too fuck? hot to not fuck up my poll numbers. So I will retreat to this de facto sort of system of just business as usual to not rock the boat too much. Because if you think about it, if you're a politician, there the there will be a fork in the road where you choose to either engage with all of the chaos that is fa- that that your constituents are facing and to to make a good faith effort to try and hear those concerns and figure out how you can help them or you're just like man fuck it man there's so much shit going on like let me just get on the fucking committee and like just collect money from that industry and fucking like let the if you want to do the heavy shit then go be on that committee because i can't you know and you can tell actually swinging and missing is better like i don't know maybe we should just put all of congress in a like a baseball league or something. They have to all play each other. So every week, at least somebody loses. Get them over their fucking fear of losing. Make them lose in basketball every week. And then they're <laughs> not going to focus on losing their election. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that, and I think that's why, you know, when we're looking at this issue as it relates to Texas, it's just, it's massively important, you know, if you believe that, th- that there's a way that we can somehow, with this two-party system, arrive at a place that provides the outcomes that are, like, you know, actually beneficial to people. Like, you know, you ha- then if that's the case, then really look at the kinds of people who you vote for. If you're going to vote and, and participate in an election, know who you're sending to office because most people, you know, mm-hmm. you're, it's like an afterthought. And yeah. I think that's why a lot of people are saying, like, you know, if you're going to, sadly, they're, they're stuck in this very cynical game of just, like, winning elections and not, you know, providing for people, then, you know, then maybe the biggest weapon Democrats have is just force a vote and put everybody on the record yeah. on how they if, to, to codify Roe versus Wade, put them on the record. And then for them, because, again, everything's about what they can use in the next election, then you can use this this no vote for access to abortions to try and defeat other candidates. But it's just yeah, like, just like it's obviously like, yeah, we're Democratic, supposedly, so we'll go vote. But it's tough when an entire party's like MO is to like spend money to make sure some people don't vote. It's like, hmm, perhaps, perhaps that might not be in any voters best interest, you know, and I think that really speaks how far we've come when there's just the whole Republican Party is like just trying to suppress voters because right. They're not even trying to like they believe. I mean, they claim moral high ground and I'm all for having true discussions about morality. But in those ones, I think you let the truth lead. You don't win them by going and shut up. Like it's like if you mm-hmm. really think if you really think you're on some moral high ground, I welcome that conversation. But they know they're not. So then yeah, you have to resort to fuckery. So like I, you know, there's things I don't agree with, but I wouldn't make illegal. You know, I think parenting should be illegal for everyone because, you know, most parents are bad, uh, except for <laughs> you, Jack. Um, <laughs> parenting is <Yeah>. illegal. <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm not out here p- proposing parenting to be illegal. So, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this just the the Democratic Party not doing anything, the mainstream media kind of not raising the alarm here is really underlines the need for like you know dual powers we've talked about in recent episodes and like just actually creating you know finding people who are doing things on the ground in texas to help women who don't have access to abortions finding ways to contribute directly because yeah waiting to vote just doesn't we're we're voting in people who then won't do anything because they recognize that this issue is beneficial to them. Right. It's just that whole part of the American system is feeling more and more just fucking pointless at this point. Yeah. And it's like anything, right? Any most marginalized groups in this country who have fucking screamed at the top of their lungs for some just shred of dignity to be offered to them. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to get to that. Make sure you vote in three years. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm dying now. Right. So what about now? Oh, man. Well, you got to you got to vote. You got to make sure that's why it's really important to make sure, you know, well, that doesn't help. So then you have to really think about then what is that? Like what where 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 is the help happening? And it's and it's going to be in a lot of organizations that are on the ground who are already trying to, you know, like if it's the like just numerous organizations, like what's the one I'm thinking of? Oh, like if, when, how, which is like the legal defense fund that is just being like. Yo, you got legal issues as it relates to like abortion access. Hit us up. Like this is this is what we do, and we provide these services for free because this is we know that this is how we can help someone in the immediate like future. 
deal with something because there are already reports that abortion clinics outside of Texas are already seeing a surge of people fleeing Texas to get access to an abortion. Yeah. So we like the, the the thing isn't to just merely be like, oh, fuck, like, well, maybe Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer will figure something out. Like the age to like activism is truly what we need in every arena of this country we live in as it relates to inequality, as it relates to racism, as it relates to rights for LGBTQ people, as it relates to abortion access, like activism and involvement is truly the way you are going to be able to participate in some positive way and be able to be a part of a cog in this larger movement that will help people. And it doesn't yeah. mean you have to. And again, I, I said this even last summer when people were like, well, what, are, what do you do about white supremacy? You don't have to go fight some Nazis or you don't have to go to an abortion clinic and beat up a bunch of people. But there are ways to get them. Just don't stand by and watch. Like if right. let's yeah. say you just you're saying, well, maybe I'm not going. I'm comfortable going to a protest. Maybe you can donate some things to the organizations that need things to provide people with access. Maybe you can make a donation. Maybe you can organize your friend group and say, hey, I just know that all 15 of us are on the same page. And I know that we know this is a serious issue. I want to make sure we are actively giving something to this, whether it's going to be our time or our money or our talents or whatever, that there are ways to contribute and be and feel and, you know, actually play an active role in something then because it, you're damn sure not going to get it from waiting on whatever's going to happen on the hill. Yeah, I think that's well said. Like, it's not about because I think, it, I mean, as comedians, we're often like we will jump into extremes and radicalize. But I think there's a lot to be said about someone who is like comfortable saying they're uncomfortable because yeah. that's actually how you get real change is. If everyone suddenly became extreme, then we get that binary, right? Like, oh, someone who absolutely doesn't think it pertains to them is just going to ignore a whole mob outside, no matter how big it gets. But if it's their friends actually having conversations like, oh, I'm starting to think differently, then they actually get to incrementally change. Like, yeah. I think we hear about all these organizations helping and they are doing great stuff. But sometimes you get lost, like on the upper class thinking like, oh, these all exist. People don't know about them. Like right. I recently started driving Uber and just put some like community resources in the car because I had learned about more during uh, just volunteering more during the pandemic that I hadn't even known about. And I like what they're doing. There's like sell out, you know, you can get free showers, things like that mm -hmm. around L.A. And I drove um, to people who they, they weren't like they were living in an encampment, but it seemed like they had their own community and they saw it and they're like, oh, this is cool. I didn't know that. And it was like yeah. right in the neighborhood. And I realized like. To, to me, it's not just about like, oh, today I'm going to go do service. It's about just constantly being like, hey, this is a community I'm part of. And you never know when you're going to cross paths with someone who didn't know about a resource that someone is spending a bunch of money trying to get out there. You know, right. so I think yeah. just being open to talking to people outside of like your quote unquote service hours is another way to look at it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And even like if you have like, let's say you're like, oh, well, I, I, I don't know if I'm comfortable going and and like getting super in the faces of people and doing that well you you can you can give a testimony at a at a public mm -hmm. hearing in right. support of yeah. these things you can use your voice to express support maybe you're an artist you can maybe cr just create some art around it because now you're trying to add something to the conversation but there are ways for people to be more actively thinking about what your place is in a certain given movement for some kind of some form of equality um, and it's not always the version that they just show you on TV, which is people fighting in the street. Like there are so many ways to get involved or you're just there for somebody saying, hey, if you ever need child care, you know, like I'm there for you to do so you can go do something there. There it's it's not just, you know, the three ways to get involved. So yeah. uh, we'll definitely have some links to, to like organizations that are on the ground in Texas who are actively thinking of what do we do? Is it? You know, because many people are already thinking, how are we going to how do we evolve our shit based on these laws? Yeah. And it's going to take resources. And it hell, if you may have something to offer locally, you might say, hey, man, I live in Texas and I have time to drive. I got, you know, I actually have a couple vans I can let y'all use to yeah. get, get people around. That's just easy. That's 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 a, that's a way that you can still actively contribute to something. And it might not be in the way you were thinking that you were afraid of, but you probably have the heart to say, I have time to drive someone. I have time to watch someone's kids. I have time yeah. to donate. And so think of that as well, because this is a really harrowing time. And mm -hmm. because we're facing an omni crisis where everything is in a state of free fall, it feels like that it's so easy to feel apathetic about things. But just know that there are ways to 
to feel good about this, not to say that this situation is good, but you can you can contribute positively. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Reddit thread where people were talking about just finding a way to render the reporting system useless because this is a publicly fueled public reporting fueled law. So, you know, nothing's to stop people from getting on a VPN, you know, looking like they're from Texas and just flooding it with false reports. I'm not advocating that because I don't know if it's illegal, if it's illegal, but that's an example of, you know, the sort of shit that makes sense to me at least. Well, yeah, because I mean, <laughs> you can, aren't you able to sue from outside the state, though, too? I think so. But I'm sure they can, like, sift based on, like, where right, you're right, coming right. from. And, like, if they see that, like, a bunch of the reports are coming from L.A. that are, that aren't panning out. Yeah. But, I mean, this is just, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're definitely looking at a time when we're, if, if the Democrats don't have their shit together, it's truly going to fall on our own ability to create community to help each other. I mean, ultimately, we need a fucking general strike that like with, with something like this, that is more popular, like you you could fucking bring the country to to its knees if you just have a general strike where everybody mm-hmm. who believes that women should have bodily autonomy, like protected legally, just refused to work until that was a fucking law. Like, that's the sort of thing that is it might take to, to right. Jack, well, we haven't have you have heard nobody wants to work anymore okay right right yeah it's yeah, impossible yeah. to get people to work when you're i don't know I, I hate people keep saying i'm like nobody wants to pay what are you talking about yeah right. no <laughs> and a bunch of us want to work <laughs> yeah absolutely and it but it's even harder to do that when we don't have we're not quite set up as americans enough to have those mutual aid networks to be like if you yeah. don't go to work here's how we can take care of you here's how we can get your bills paid here's how you can get food because this is how we're going to shut shit down but at the same time, you know, it, it's 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 about having the mindfulness to understand that, like, more and more people are going to have to get in a place where they understand how they themselves can get organized to ensure positive outcomes for people. Because fucking waiting on the folks over in D.C. is just, yeah, it's not fast enough. And they've demonstrated time and again that they don't have the will to act fast enough because unfortunately that's just the way this system is fucking built it's not gonna fucking it's not gonna get radical change overnight like that yeah because there will people there'll always be people like the joe mansions of the world that are set to be obstacles to and one person somehow has the power to slow down or perceived power to slow down real progress but yeah it just seems like the internet and you know all the social media tools are being used for fucking organizing QAnon shit and not for organizing like general strikes and shit that could actually help so i don't well, know well there are i mean there's there's definitely active campaigns i think the problem is we're as americans people aren't quite in tune with their power right know, because we take everything for granted in this country yeah. and because of that there's like this huge there for many people especially like you know upper middle class people they're it's just like so abstract of this idea of like what to do to take things back or how you can exercise that power. But I think as, you know, we see the suffering continue across the country, you are seeing more and more people figuring out that we're going to have to rely on each other in some way. But I think the vocabulary might not be there yet. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about less important bullshit. And we're back, and uh, we're just, let's just go right to Moonfall. Mm-hmm. Teresa, oh, yes. you just watched the trailer. Yeah, just I mean, now. Oh, God. I'm, there's, if you guys can't see, there's a huge smile on my face. This is they, ridiculous. First but. of all, yeah. uh, I got to say, nailed the name. It does appear <laughs> to be about the moon falling. Um, so okay. All right. A plus for that. There's oh, two points God. there. They did not nail the size of the moon. Uh, the moon appears to be the same size as the planet Earth. In the trailer, which I don't think is accurate, but no, I like you go, which I don't think is accurate. <laughs> yeah. You can be unequivocal that there's like, yo, that is not the size of the fucking moon when it's next to Earth, like that. Wild. Yeah, this is a what if like you know this tra- the trailers get kookier and Roland Emmerich hits us just with another <laughs> fucking bizarro Banger. way to 
just worry yeah. about how the world could end in a very inaccurate way. But hey, yeah. that's his forte. Roland Emmerich okay. is the guy who brought us Independence Day, he brought us 2012. Mm-hmm. And Day After Tomorrow, is that him too? Or? Day yeah, After yeah. Tomorrow, uh, yeah. uh, which totally, which got the the science behind climate change slightly wrong but that's his thing though you know yeah he's like you know fuck science man i'm just here for the visuals i feel okay i have so i love the moon i gotta say don't love the idea of this but what i do love about it is my prediction that for the next fast and the furious was either time travel or space or they've already like kind of gone to space but i feel like we're gonna get a jules verne center of the earth at some point with fan diesel and this is making me very hopeful for that happening soon so i will say like this is like not the movie we need want but the movie we need you know because i I need it to set the stage for others to be able to do that oh Um, got it so this is gonna this is like the sort of catalyst for for a space or inner inner core earth themed fast and furious film yeah, this is like the existence to the Matrix, you know. Did Got you guys it. recently <laughs> watched Existence? So, I mean, artistic, but like, whoa, why? That yeah. somebody needs to check on him. Um, and uh, and his son did make a better show. The, well, yeah, because it's wild. Okay, I don't even want to get into that. It's too obscure. <laughs> but it's like this weird Matrix video game simulation where there's like fucking of a belly button. It's too weird. But I feel like this is that to whatever the next. <laughs> What the next thing is that's good <laughs> will this bad thing. take elements that were planted in this, you know? Right. And, What's... uh-huh. <laughs> Does this make it... sense? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a <sighs> domino effect, essentially, is what we're talking about here. I get it, you know? It's I also the think the space thing, the, the sperm thing. I'm, come on, I know it sounded like a joke, but every time uh, these movies come out, I'm like, you guys do see it, right? Like yeah. Just yeah. this fear of being born, this fear of the out. It's like, come on. <laughs> it's yeah. Space is it's not that complicated. So there's a couple <sighs> of things like in addition, like the moon crashing into the earth seems like it would be enough. It would be enough for me to like yeah. keep me entertained for an hour and a half. But for there, there are some additional angles here. They find out that our moon is not what we think it is. Uh, mm-hmm. what, so the life. Mm. If it Wait. turns out to be a cake, I'm going to be pissed. Uh, <laughs> I'll be so, we'll be so happy, though, in that yeah. scene when it's like, hey, don't worry, guys, it's just cake. It's just a bunch of cake. <laughs> There's ghost Yummy. children or, like, something in the trailer. So maybe they're doing, like, an interstellar thing where, like, love is a fucking E. Like, the, it's, a, it's a space constant or something. Right. But, yeah, they got the size of the moon wrong. They also have a character who is a conspiracy theorist who like gets things right, which this also happened in Godzilla Godzilla. vs. Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Kong vs. Godzilla. And yeah, I'm very like this. How could you still think that is a good idea for a character? (laughs) Like at a time when we are like suffering from conspiracy theorists, refusing to take a critical vaccine for like scientifically made up reasons but we're gonna yeah. make a movie where like we're gonna make movies where uh like anti uh mainstream media conspiracy theorists are like secretly right all along and the heroes like fuck off are you right that me? the moon could crash into earth rather than accepted sciences if anything were to knock the fucking moon off of its gravitational like orbit, it would destroy the moon. And then right. we would just get pieces <laughs> of moon shit landing on Earth. That's right. how also, it would happen. I love that. Like in this universe, the, in the trailer, it's like the moon's going to hit the Earth and then they zoom in on a car. Like we're going to fucking care about cars when the moon is like, it's like, <laughs> oh, the oh moon these killing machines humans made. It's like, do you know how ridiculous a car would look in space? I mean, I know I was talking about the Fast and Furious, but it's like, we are so full of ourselves. <laughs> right. Do you know how big space is? Like, right. nobody cares about your car. It's like your oh. little heart blood cell, like, leaving the body and being like, I'm floating. Oh, Man. you need me. It's like, no, they, you don't. It's your fucking blood cell. <laughs> they crushed one of those 2022 Ford Broncos. Those are so oh, hard to God. get. Oh, damn, oh my God. bro. Rolling. I'm just but, glad Halle Berry's get, like, working. I'm happy for her. I did love that scene of Patrick Wilson looking concerned about his career. He's like, what am I doing in this movie? Do they really need another white man? You know, <laughs> right. and he's like, he gets it. You know, that, that look, it, it said it to me it spoke to me right 
but he, this is kind of his thing, right? Roland Emmerich is just like he makes movies to just entertain conspiracy theories. It seems like yeah, and they're all like somewhat problematic conspiracy. Not always, but like he, so. Third Act of Independence Day took place at Area Fifty One. He made that Stargate movie, which propagated the racist theory that the pyramids must have been built by aliens because white people didn't build them, so they must have had alien help. He made the movie Anonymous based on the theory that a like earl, a highborn earl, Edward de Vere, actually wrote all of Shakespeare's plays, which is like oh a very, God. like that conspiracy theory comes from people being like, it couldn't be a, Shakespeare couldn't have been a mere actor. He must have been like somebody who was highborn. It's like started by the fucking House of Lords. At one point, it's going to come back around and we're going to get just like a powerful black writer who's just going to write a movie that captures all the shittiest movie, like like all the Michael Bay's, all the, you know, like, and it's like, actually, I was behind this the whole time. And it's like, <laughs> then we're not, it's like Inception and you're just going to be like, it doesn't matter anymore. Now we're just going to like, just, it's stupid. Like, why do we keep doing this? Like, it was all a dream, you know? <laughs> like, it's like, right. uh, that being said, um, no, I, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't even know where I was going with that. I, <laughs> that, that's I just think we're going around in circles of what I'm trying to say. We are one day going to build the pyramids. I am sure of it. And we're going to think that we did it better. But what it is going to be is just the same thing. And then in 20,000 years, it's going to happen all over again. Like that is what's going to happen. Yeah. Mm. Which is, um, yeah, just as uh, cyclical as the works of Roland Emmerich, I see. Yeah, like we're, <laughs> we're on this path. I'd just say, let's just be present, okay? Can, can Roland Emmerich just go to, you know, a sound bath or something and uh, fucking catch up with himself? Well, that's what the thing is. Him and Eckhart Tolle are working on A New World, which is the sequel <laughs> to this. So, yeah, buckle your buckle your spiritual safety belts. I, I want to say I almost guarantee that Roland Emmerich like has just the most problematic like beliefs and of politics course. and ideas. Uh, so yeah, our writer J.M. McNabb was pointing out that like at least like Shakespeare's or uh, sorry Spielberg, the Shakespeare of our time, Steven Spielberg, <laughs> like at least his movies are about how like people in power fuck up, like it, Jura- Jaws and Jurassic Park. Like Jaws was such a perfect metaphor for fucking covid and how we fucked that up oh that's right the other thing was they they uh said that in the new like independence day that roland emmerich was whitewashing stonewall too oh my god because like a white guy was like the one kicking off stonewall and shit. Oh, oh that's oh. in he made a stonewall movie i think oh is that what it is Wait. yeah he made a stonewall movie or is it uh, oh that's was it called it? stonewall yeah it was oh called stonewall and instead of a uh, yeah i don't know why that would be an independence <laughs> I, was like, oh huh? I, I was high but i don't remember that scene yeah yeah i don't think i've he, seen that much of roland emmerich stuff to be honest that that's the only movie that he made that uh, stonewall is the only movie that he made that was not like a uh massive like blockbuster disaster movie and the patriot did he make the patriot i think so oh wow yeah. That's Mel Gibson, right? In it? Yeah. I feel like I was so I remember that and then also remember not watching it. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, I don't care, bro. Like, it was like revolutionary word is at not sexy age. to me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm curious to know what his next one's gonna be. It's gonna be about critical race theory. Just wait. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting what you said about Spielberg being like challenging power, because in like movies like Jaws, you get even though it's like whatever at old times, like bunch of white guys it is there is like the truth comes through there's always like the mass doesn't believe the truth and there's always sort of like the money hungry person like it still exposes that whereas like in these kinds of movies they're they're like working with the government and it's like the authorities are correct and it's up to you to save the world being america because america is the world like it's this weird fake reality where nobody actually exposes Right. Science, yeah. yeah, and one and where so it's I, like, dude, scientists don't know what they're talking about. This hilarious. podcaster does. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, yes, it's, yes, yes. I love this shit. Oh my god. Well, Teresa, as always, such a pleasure having you. Where can people find you and follow you? You can find me on Instagram at Teresa Lee Bot, and you can uh, find my short film. It's called Get Loved, Get Loved Short, or Get Loved Film on Instagram. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it and donate to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, it's a fun one. It's about yogurt commercials. It's 
basically, I say I two things about me. I love therapy and I hate capitalism. And it combines both of those things. There so. you go. Damn. Um, I mean, that's, sign me up. <laughs> is there a uh, sure, we'll find a we'll find a role for you. What <laughs> <laughs> is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, yeah. Actually, this really did make me laugh last night. And uh, it's from Allison Leiby. And just just a sucker for a simple pun tweet. She said, buying an expensive candle is literally lighting money on fire. <laughs> just, pretty good. I like chef's kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray. Also, if you like 90 Day Fiance, come by 420 Day Fiance with Sophia, Alexander, and I, where we just give, get off these takes on the terrible trash reality show that we love so much. A tweet that I like. First one is from Chrissy Grierson. At, uh, I, don't, I guess I don't really know who that is, but this tweet went up. It just said, Earth is crying out for help, and the government is worried about my uterus. The math ain't mathin'. Mm. Uh, yeah, that 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 tracks. And another one uh, from Amy Miller, very, very wonderful friend of the show, at Amy Miller, uh, tweeted, It's just like Jesus said in the Bible, please kidnap anyone that helps someone get an abortion. If you do, you will have enough after taxes to buy a used Nissan Sentra, and oh both of our abusive dads will be proud of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, all right. Uh, tweet I've been enjoying. No, at Nuff said New York tweeted everything in Virginia named after Robert e. e. Lee needs to be renamed after Allen Iverson, which I just think is mm. true and needs to happen. And then Estelle Emane tweeted uh, saying, why don't we just print more money in a room full of men just to feel something? <laughs> <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people are going to enjoy here on this fine Monday? Oh, man. Tuesday, Look, sorry. On this fine Tuesday, a lot of albums came out last week. You could get Donda. You could get Certified Lover Boy. But really, the album that you really need to pick up is the one, the new album from Little Sims called Sometimes mm -hmm. I Might Be Introvert. Little Sims is one of my favorite rappers, singers. She's also was in the last season a top boy. She's just like a super talented performer. A musician and her album is fucking dope although it also has 19 tracks because look the game has changed and everybody has to get in however they can but this is a really really dope album i've gone out on a couple of her other songs before i think the track woman was one that we did with cleo soul but this one is called two worlds apart and you get everything from her her like melodic delivery and even you know some of her like more you know just just gutter just aggressive rap style and she's like a fantastic lyricist i can't say enough about her so check out Lil sims with two worlds apart all right well the daily zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that's going to do it for us this morning but we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and we'll talk to y'all then bye bye 